Does everybody have a uh, lesson plan? All right. Let's uh, go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer here. Dear Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this time uh, that you've allowed me to have to uh, teach on the subject this morning. Lord, thank you for what you've shown me and the time I've spent with you researching this. Lord, love you and need you. I pray you would be with those that are traveling. I pray you give them traveling mercies. Those that may be coming in here at uh, 11 o'clock, Lord. Father, we love you and need you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. The, uh, <clears throat> my wife also happens to be traveling this weekend. She and my daughter, Holly, um, went up to Pennsylvania. Their, their Holly school is doing something over the holiday weekend up there at Sight and Sound Theater. So Holly invited Karen, and Karen got the time off, and she's up there, so that's where they're at, and they're supposed to be coming back late Monday. So but just everybody that's out traveling, uh, travel, or pray for traveling mercies. But um, I want <clears throat> to teach on a subject this morning. You got your uh, notes there, eternal security. And a couple of weeks ago, uh, maybe about two and a half weeks ago, when I started getting into studying this and bringing it together, uh, something hit me that uh, I realized that having to teach on eternal security in one sense is rather offensive from the standpoint of what God has already done and if you've already studied Scripture and you know what the Scripture says about your salvation, there, there should never even be a question of whether we're eternally secure or not, or that anyone would come to a different conclusion. But there's a key thought that uh, I want to give you. That you, can just, you can write down there in your notes. And we'll, you know, hopefully we'll have time to address it uh, at the end uh, of the lesson again. But the key thought is finished finished. Um, Brian will get you some notes here in just a moment. Uh, Hebrews 10, 18 says, now where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. Why the need to learn biblical eternal security? This topic is very important to learn and understand as a child of God. Number one, or just there in your notes there, because of Christian religions and denominations that believe and teach the wicked lie. The wicked lie that it is possible for a born-again believer in Jesus Christ to lose... Hey, uh, we need to have those in the... Hey, you got them back there? Okay, thank you. Uh, to lose his finished work of salvation within their life. And his, of course, is capitalized to understand that when we're talking about his... We're not talking about the person who has been saved. We're talking about the finished work of Jesus Christ as it relates to salvation. Now, I, listen, I understand that there are those that are sincere in their belief and conviction that a person can lose their salvation once they're saved because, well, what if they reject it? We'll, we'll get into this down here in just a moment. But um, it, it comes from... Uh, no matter how you look at it, the bottom line when it comes to thinking you can lose something that God has done for you 
in the work that he's done in your life and that you can unhook all that. We'll look at it here in a little bit where how can you unhook or how can you all of a sudden undo this particular aspect of your salvation in this particular access or, um, aspect of your salvation and you all of a sudden do that just because, well, you sinned one time and you didn't repent, so therefore, all right, and I understand they're sincere people, but at the, at the, at the end of the day, Without question, it is still a lie from Satan. Whether it comes from failure to study the scriptures properly or correct biblical exegesis or cor rightly dividing the scriptures. Uh, you know, there's, there's an issue as far as dispensationalism. What dispensationalism is, is that how God dealt with people during different periods of time which is, which is a given because we don't sacrifice bulls or we don't sacrifice anything today. But things are different today than it was different periods of time in history. And that's a whole nother long study. Um, but secondly, uh, a second reason as far as to study or to understand or to teach uh, eternal security or when you're discipling somebody is that to help those that are young in the faith or those that just are unlearned in sound Bible doctrine to more fully understand what they had what they have in their life and position in Christ, in Christ. So we're moving on here. Now that I am saved, can I ever lose my salvation? Once an individual has settled the question of salvation as the Bible declares it, by grace you are saved through Jesus Christ, it then becomes imperative that he understands how that decision has affected his entire life. We learned that there are only two spiritual families in our known universe. I think we, we studied that here a week or two ago. God's and the devil's. We learned that we were born into the devil's family at the time of physical, physical birth. And we were born into God's family at the time of spiritual birth when we received Jesus Christ as our Savior. The, uh, we, we can look at and study the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ himself on this subject. Number one there, Jesus Christ promises, promises he will not cast out you out of his family under any circumstances. You have the reference there of John 6, 37. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and in him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Secondly, Jesus makes it clear, makes it clear that no man can cause you to lose your salvation. No one else can, can do anything that cause you to lose your salvation. John 10, 27 and 29, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life. And you can reference back to there that passage in, in, in Matthew, where there's going to be people that are going to be standing before Jesus Christ, sincere, believing that they're saved, and he looks at them and says, depart from me, ye that work iniquity, I never knew you. So the question begs, it's like, it's not a matter, or it's not an issue of whether we know. I mean, how many millions of people across the world know about Jesus Christ, but has the conviction of the Holy Spirit and has the decision to realize that there's nothing I can do, that they realize that they're a sinner and they, they sincerely accept Jesus Christ into their heart to save their soul, 
And when they're born into the family of God, Jesus knows them personally. And that's the key. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life. And they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. As we continue on, okay. But can I do something to lose my salvation? Salvation is by grace through faith and not by works. It is a gift. There in your notes, it is a gift from God. No man can lose his salvation on his own because no man earned his salvation. We've known that from Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. That settles it. That should be the only verse that's needed, period, to know that my salvation is not by my works. It doesn't matter if it's on the front side or the back side. It has nothing to do with my works. Now, we're talking about salvation. We're not talking about sanctification or how we live or the works that we should have for God after we're born again and we belong to Him. That, that's totally, we can't confuse the two. And a lot of times, a lot of religions confuse the two and try to marry the two that, well, if you just don't have the works and you lost it. No, you might never had it, but you can be born again and not have the works that we need to have as far as serving God, but it has nothing to do with our position as far as being in Christ. It just matters, you know, there is a judgment seat of Christ going to happen for a reason. And the judgment seat of Christ is to believers or for believers that are born again, that, that are saved, that heaven's their home, and they're going to be judged for how they lived after they came to the knowledge in relationship, eternal in, in, in spiritual relationship with Jesus Christ or with, with God. No man can lose his salvation on his own. If we must do and have our own righteous works to keep, you know, to keep our salvation, then it is no longer a gift by definition. I mean, have we ever thought about it? As far as, well, I, I just, I mean, I just, I've talked to some people. It's like, well, I, I just can't believe you can just live the way you want to. That's how you Baptists believe in eternal security. That's how you. You think that, you know, once you get saved, you know, you're always saved. And you can just live like the devil and get away. No, we don't get away with it, number one. But bottom line, God gives a lot of gifts. So what do you do with a gift? If, if I don't know, I don't want to give my watch away, but. Say, you know, Kevin, you know, it means a little bit to me. Nobody gave it to me. I bought it in a, in a jewelry store. It was like only 250 bucks, but I like it. It's nice. You know, every once in a while, someone says, ooh, it's a nice watch. So, I mean, it's, it's got, that's going for you. But I want to, this is a gift that I want to give you. When does it become his? I mean, I've got it. Once you take it. So you've taken it. You're wearing it. Say, yeah, uh, hey, by the way, uh, in order for you to keep that, I want you to come over to my house, 
And for this summer, well, it's best. Next summer, I want you to cut my grass every week in order to keep that. It no longer, by definition, is a gift. He's now working to maintain this, quote, gift. And it makes all the difference in the world. A gift is a gift. And when God said his salvation is a gift, that he gives it to freely to all that will receive it, it's a gift. There's nothing you can do on the backside of receiving it to keep it. Otherwise, it loses the whole meaning of it being a gift. There, if, uh, I think point there B, if salvation had to be, and there's a do there, scratch through it, 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 I didn't catch it in time before I printed out all the notes here or whatever. If salvation had to be maintained in some way, it would be lost easily. Easily. All of us, every single person, from Billy Graham to you name it, all the great evangelists that, you know, well, how in the world could they ever lose their salvation? Um, who's that great preacher in England? Um, uh, you can tell he's, he's Spurgeon. He just has a really big impact on my life. Spurgeon. All right. He would have lost it. Everybody that's ever received the gift of God of eternal life, if you could lose it, would have lost it. Easily. Galatians 3.10 For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, Curses everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. James 2.10 For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. So are we... Are we uh, Guilty of offending in the law? Absolutely. This week, did you get your perfect little lamb without spot out and sacrifice it? If you didn't do that, you offended in the law. Is it, logically, isn't it? And just a host of other things. C. It is Jesus Christ. It is Jesus Christ who keeps us, not we ourselves. 1 Timothy 1.2 For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. I am secure because Jesus Christ is keeping me. Here in a moment, we'll look at a list of things here, but this is just one here that if it's possible for me to lose my salvation, then I mean, that means that it's possible that Jesus Christ failed in his ability to keep me. See, see where I'm coming from as far as it can't, it can't be offensive to think that it's even possible to lose Salvation, once saved. What's that? To lose your salvation? Well, I, 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 
we'll, we'll, we'll continue on here in a, in a moment, but the, the point you're saying is, is that I have more power over God, is what you're concluding, because the Bible says that Jesus keeps us. It doesn't mean that I can't sin, gross sins, um, but our relationship total, at the point of when we're born again, born into his family, and God becomes our father, then that means that, well, okay, I can live in such a way that it will unhook that, and I will, that relationship ceases, and he no longer is my father, spiritually. It can go to the point where God will kill you and take you home to heaven. Sure. I, I I would. Well, we'll we'll get in we'll get into all that you're saying there down the line. Um, I would alter that in a little bit. You can't destroy the relationship. You can destroy the fellowship in the communion. All right. Um, a, a child of God that does not live right lives wickedly, loses inheritance at the judgment seat of Christ. Right? You don't lose your entrance into heaven, but you will lose you can lose all your inheritance as far as what is provided or what is what is what you could have as far as for the millennial reign. But uh, we'll we'll continue on here. But bottom line, it, it would it, it's no way that there's anything that I can do that will unhook what God has done in his finished work in my life. And, and we'll, we'll get into what he's touching on there in a little bit. But um, it is Jesus Christ. Now, I, if we're going to dispute what Scripture says, then I, I can't respond to that. I don't, I don't know where you could go from there, but it, it says right there, for the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. D, the Bible states clearly that if we could come, become righteous by anything we do, then Jesus Christ's death is in essence, in your notes, a waste of time. Based, bottom line, it's worthless or needless. Galatians 2.21 says, I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. 
Christ is dead in vain. E. Here, here's a point you're touching on. There in E. We cannot abandon or reject his salvation. It's not my salvation. And it's not a matter of how good do I live to keep it. It goes back to, is it a gift? Did I receive it? If I received it, I've got it. God, God has done a work that settles it. I cannot abandon or reject his salvation once we have been born again because of what has taken place at the moment of real new birth. Now, there's a lot of people, I mean, bottom line, there's evidences and there's fruit as far as being confident on whether somebody's saved or not. But at the end of the day, it's between them and God. They know whether they're saved or not. And, God, and we'll see here in a moment, God knows. Number one, we are crucified with Christ. Why don't you turn to Galatians 2.20. We are crucified with Christ. So if I can lose it, that means I become uncrucified with Christ. There's, she might need uh, Josh. There, if you're there in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, and this is key, and I don't know if we can get into it because a lot of translations change this reading to where it's something totally different. But King James Bible doctrine, right here, the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. That's radically different than some translations, I live by faith in the Son of God. In other words, if Christ is in me, living in me, and he's helping me live, then his faith is going to do a whole lot better work than my faith. And I'm not talking about Calvinism and, and God conveying faith to have faith to get saved. I'm talking about after we're born again saved, all right, and how we live for God, it is live by the faith of the Son of God. Romans 12, 3, we're not going to go to it, but who gives out a measure of faith? It is God. Yes, yeah, does God have faith? Yeah, faith? God have faith because He gives it to individuals, and different individuals have different amounts of faith. You know, there's some people that just, we won't go into it. It's something I'd, I'd learned up there when I was gone this weekend up in Ohio to the Bible conference. That just some people just have a whole lot more faith about something to trust God about, you know, something or whatever, um, than other people. And it's just we won't get into that there. But who loved me and gave Himself for me? Can we now be uncrucified? At the moment of our salvation, we are crucified with Christ, according to Galatians two twenty. Secondly, our old man was crucified with Christ. Our old man. 
was crucified with Christ. Uh, Romans 6, 6. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. If a person can lose their salvation once they have been born again, they have resurrected the old man from the dead. Is that not a logical conclusion? Because the Bible says that our old man has been crucified at the moment we're saved. I lose it. I have what? Resurrected the old man from the dead again? Number three. We were immersed or baptized by the Holy Spirit of God into God's spiritual family at the very moment we were born again. 1 Corinthians 12, 13. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. We are risen with Christ through a spiritual resurrection. We are risen with Christ through, through a spiritual... Colossians 2.12 Buried with Him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with Him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised Him from the dead. So folks, if we've truly been born again, we can lose it. We're, we, we unhook everything we have the ability or the power to do everything that God has done in our life. At the moment of our salvation, we were seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Seated there in your notes. Uh, Ephesians 2, 4, and 6. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ by grace ye are saved and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So think about it. I'm, I'm in heaven, spiritually. I'm seated there in heavenly places, and for whatever reason, whatever debauchery I get into, it's like, all right, up, I'm gone. I've lost it, and I leave heavenly places in bottom line is the idea as far as can a person's salvation be lost. Six, the spiritual circumcision took place that cut our soul and spirit away from our old nature, the flesh and man, Colossians 2, 9 through 11. For in him, I want to make sure I'm not missing a blank here. No. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And we are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. In whom also ye are circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of the spirit. And it's a supernatural thing where God, our, our soul and our spirit is separated from the flesh, yet we're still together because we're still trapped in the flesh and we don't get a glorified body. All right, until, but as far as our position in Christ, as far as our eternal destination is heaven, we're still condemned to die because of sin. Because of sin. Seven, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Ephesians 2, 13 and 14. In whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye were believed, 
ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of His glory. And there's another reference there, chapter 40, verse 30. Eight, we belong to God. Purchased with a price. First Corinthians 6.20, For ye are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. We belong to God's. We belong to God, period. And there's also 1 Corinthians 7.23. Okay. God won't cast me out. No man can cause me to lose my salvation. I can't lose my salvation according to Scripture, what we just read. But is there anything else that can cause me to lose my salvation? The answer is simply, I think it's in your notes. The answer simply is no. Romans 8, 38, 39 says, now keep it in mind context. Because when you're studying Scripture, context is king. It is critical in order to understand what we're reading in a verse, reading in a passage, reading in a chapter, reading in a book, reading in which testament. But context is king. And if you go back to up to chapter 8, verse 1, we know the context is to those in Christ. So we're talking to believers. Uh, 38 and 39 says, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any cre other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. If we're in Christ Jesus, we have this. And that's the key. If we're truly born again, we will be in Christ. Obviously, I kind of just touched on it there. The question you must ask yourself, are you in Christ? And why is this? Let's touch on what Brian was mentioning here. Because our relationship with God is now a father-son relationship by birth. It's a spiritual birth that takes place. John 1, 12-13. When you were born physically, there was a record of your birth called a birth certificate. As a general rule, I know there's different countries that may not have it. When you were born again, a record, this is, the, this is a fact for all peoples of all nations, a record was also made, 1 John 5, 11 and 13, Revelation 21, 27, as far as the Lamb's Book of Life, your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. But John 5, 13, and this is the record that God has given to us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. He that hath the Son hath life, he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. Like a birth certificate, maybe everybody, has anybody gotten a birth certificate from whatever? I mean, I've... I, Somehow I needed one years and years ago. It got lost. I contacted Broward County, Florida, and they sent me a copy of my birth certificate. And when I got it, it had a steel, it had a seal that was imprinted in there. You could feel it. And that made it official. This is this is an official document. Even though it was a copy, it was an official document because it had that seal on it. Like a birth certificate, your spiritual birth is sealed by the Holy Spirit of God. And it's like, I have the power to break that seal. That's, that's not even... Because I can assure you of one thing, 
if it is, and it might be in our notes later on, if it is possible to lose your salvation, you are damned for eternity. There is no other alternative. You are done. That, that, that first thing we just read, finished. When Jesus Christ cried, it is finished, that was done. Everything was done for, to securing the salvation of humanity, and there's nothing else that can be done. It's not a matter of, okay, yeah, I lost my salvation, but I'm going to go ahead and come back to God and start this whole process we've been reading about all over again. No. If it's possible to lose it, you've lost it forever. This is touching on what uh, Brian was talking about. You'll be your physical father's son for eternity. For eternity. We're talking about your physical father. Because you were born of his seed. You could leave the country, disown each other, change your name, never see him, hear from him, or think about him the rest of your life. He could despise you, he could hate you, he could have contempt for you, he could kill you, or you could kill him, but for all eternity, he is your father. Nothing ever changes that. Well, at the moment that a person is born into the family of God, God becomes their spiritual father, and that's set for eternity. It will never change the fact that he is your father. The same is true of your heavenly father. You can die, but you can never be unborn. Now, obviously, you can't kill him, but he can kill you. Talking about what you're mentioning, how can somebody get away? But yeah, I can think of they do. Pat, I, I don't know if you've ever been here or not. I, I've been in many, many, many Baptist churches. My dad started a number of churches. I've been in many, many Baptist services as far as communion. There, I, I'm, I'm testifying that I'm, I'm speaking conviction. I'm not bloviating or, or making up a story. I have never been in a church where Pastor Boots has done a better job at articulating the danger of taking the Lord's Supper unworthily. And there are a lot of Christians that are not living right, that are living wickedly, that are living in sin, no matter what kind of sin, it doesn't matter whether it's a small little teeny sin or just horrible sin. Sin is sin before God. So if we're living a fake Christian life, which is a, God hates its abomination as far as taketh his name in vain, we're not talking about using God's name as a swear word. Yeah, that's a given. But we're talking about identifying, yeah, I'm a Christian, yet nobody at work, really? All right, yeah, I'm a, that's taking God's name in vain because you're not living like a Christian. There's sin in your life. You come, the Holy Spirit convicts you that there's sin in your life, your life, and you take the Lord's Supper. You are blaspheming God. You're taking his name in vain, and God has killed countless, because the Bible talks about it, killed countless Christians. That's where you don't get away from sin as a born-again child of God. Conclusion here. What if I don't feel saved? Well, there in your, your salvation is not based on feelings. It is based on the objective, factual truth of the Word of God. 1 John 3, 20 says, For if our heart condemn us, we think we don't or feel we're not saved, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. God knoweth if you're saved or even if you don't. 
Titus 1-2 says, in hope of eternal life, which God, that cannot lie, promised before the world began. There, the, the last thing there, just believe what God has said in 1 John 2-25, that this is the promise, that He hath promised us eternal life. If salvation is a gift and you've received it, and God has done a miraculous miracle in giving you a new birth and regenerating your life, it, it doesn't, nothing, you can't be good enough to keep it. Now, where it goes back to the, that, that uh, thought there, finished. Now, where remission of these is, there is no more offering. For sin. It's, it's been dealt with. It was dealt with on the cross. I'm not, talking about, I'm not talking about how we live our life after. No, you don't get away with it. And you just, if you're born again, then you belong to God. And when there's a whole host of other scriptures, God will tear you up to the point. Discipline. There's, there's three levels of discipline. You know, when I was raising my kids, the, the best level, the one that God wants us to use or wants to use all the time, the one that's the easiest for us, if we'll just submit and obey, is that when we listen to the Word of God, when we hear the Word of God, when we read the Word of God, we realize there's things to correct. That's God correcting us. You know, there, we, we, don't, we're hurt, we, we kind of dealt with that as far as 2 Timothy 3.15, as far as all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, is powerful for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be... Uh, perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Uh, that's how, that's the one way, that's the best way to deal with God disciplining his children. And that's the way I like to deal with my, when you tell your child to do something, hey, knock that off, don't do that, they obey the first time. It's the best way. They don't, then it goes to another step. We, 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 don't need, we don't have time as far as the scriptures, but God will start disciplining. All right. If somebody is not living right and they belong to God, the question is, are they born again and they belong to God? God does not allow his children to live the way they want to and get away with it. Things will start happening. And then third, taking Gabriel, Hannah, Holly, mainly Gabriel, to Walmart. They're not listening to what I'm saying. All right. And, you know, obviously in the middle of Walmart, I'm not going to be disciplining my kids. Nobody in their right mind would do that nowadays with all the Nazis you have out there, so to speak. Uh, it gets to the point where, and, and I, I have dealt with it as far as going to the bathroom or whatnot, but and it just, and it just, there's nothing you can do to get the kid to mind. It says, that's it. You won't hear me. You won't listen to me. You won't obey me. I'm taking you home. Up, oh, we pack up and go, uh, just leave everything there and go to the house. It's happened like one time. Never happened after that. But that's the way it is as a child of God. He gets to the point where he'll kill you and take you home. He'll kill you and take you home. You don't get away with sin. So, Father, thank you for this day. Lord, above all, may we just trust your word in the words that we've seen and read and heard from Scripture and uh, know that a new birth is a life-changing event that is wrought by you and nothing can unhook or unchange or undo that. 
and in Jesus Christ's holy name I pray, amen.